Hello, everybody. I'm Kathy Yang. This is the podcast edition of Business Nightly. The International Monetary Fund poised to downgrade global growth projections due to COVID-19's negative impact on economies. As Ron Cruz tells us, the outbreak is showing no signs of slowing, with more countries reporting an increased number of infections. COVID-19 infections sweeping around the world. Cases have been detected for the first time in the Netherlands, Nigeria, Northern Ireland and Lithuania. All of the new cases in each country were linked to Italy, the European nation worst hit by the virus. New Zealand also confirms its first infection. The individual is uh, in their 60s, uh, currently in Auckland Hospital, in a stable and improving condition. Uh, they are obviously being treated with all of the precautions that you would expect. New infections have also been reported in South Korea. Seoul reported 256 new cases Friday, raising the total to more than 2,300, the largest outbreak outside China. New infections in South Korea include an employee of Hyundai Motor. This prompted the company to suspend operations in the factory, which is located in the city of Ulsan. Other governments are also taking measures to prevent the spread of the fast-growing disease. In Japan, the northern island of Hokkaido, which has seen the largest number of cases in the country, declared a state of emergency. Tokyo Disneyland and Tokyo Disney Sea, meanwhile, will close from Saturday up to March 15th to prevent the disease from spreading further. As Japan deals with more business disruptions, Prime Minister Abe Shinzo assures the public the country is ready to deal with the negative economic impacts caused by the disease. We will make sure to take steps as needed to prevent a huge downside risk caused by the coronavirus to Japan's economy. The economic cost from the rapidly spreading coronavirus still uncertain. But clearly, the International Monetary Fund says the outbreaks will have a negative impact on global growth. We are uh, likely to uh, downgrade our, our growth uh, projections uh, for, the, for the world in the, uh, in the world uh, economic outlook in April. The disease, now known as COVID-19, first emerged in the Chinese city of Wuhan late last year. It has already reached dozens of other countries, rattling financial markets across the world and causing oil prices to fall. Ron Cruz, ABS-CBN News. Philippine shares have resumed their dive in this virus-infected week in step with the markets across the globe. And as Michelle Long tells us, a rebalancing scheduled for next week is not helping matters. Capitulation on the trading floor. Philippine shares resumed their drop Friday, sinking deeper and closer to bear market territory, joining a global rout. Wall Street slid into correction in the previous session. The PSE index closing at 67.87. The last time the index closed at the 6700 level was back in December 2016. This as investors scramble to safety amid growing concerns over the scope and breadth and the duration of the fast-spreading novel coronavirus. Video and with the other index names, I think they're going to be collateral damage for what's been happening during the first quarter. Obviously, we already have a huge laundry list of what 
you know, has affected us severely. It's beyond, a, out of, beyond our control, so we don't even know how long it's going to last. Um, so I think we saw that's why they were buying into these safe havens. Um, again, I think for the thesis that, again, we're domestically driven, at least oil is contained. The PSE index down 8% for the week and 13% for the year so far. Some of the selling could also be attributed to positioning ahead of the MSCI rebalancing, which takes effect next week. In MSCI's February review, the Philippines got a marginal decrease in weighting in the Emerging Markets Index. Analysts estimate this will result in $80 million in fund outflows. In corporate stories, SM Investments posts a 20% jump in net income for the full year of 2019, as revenue rose 12%. Breaking down the units of the C family's holding company, BDO saw the strongest growth at 35%, followed by the property sector, then retail. Meanwhile, security banks saw inline earnings for 2019 up 17% to a little over 10 billion pesos. This is a big improvement from the 16% profit crunch it suffered in 2018. And still on earnings, Felix Mining reported a net loss of 648 million pesos in 2019, a reversal of the profit posted in the previous year. The Mani Pangilinan-led company cites lower production output in the first two quarters, but said improved tonnage, metal output, and sustained metal prices towards the end of the year is a jumpstart for a positive outlook for 2020. Michelle Long, ABS-CBN News. The sharp slowdown in China's growth due to the disruptions caused by the coronavirus outbreak seen to weigh on broader activity and inflation across Southeast Asia. HSBC had cut its full-year growth forecast for China to 5.3% from 6.1%. And the bank's chief ASEAN economist, Joseph Incalcatera, sees many ASEAN countries joining the downswing. But he sees the Philippines as a bright spot in the region. Here's an excerpt of my chat with him. But actually, the one economy in Southeast Asia we did not make a revision was the Philippines. We continued to grow at 6.4% this year. And the reason is that, you know, while there is some downside risk from tourism in the supply chain, there was actually previous upside risk to our forecast, given the strong degree of the rebound in government spending in the latter half of 2019. The Philippine economic planners are now revisiting their economic growth targets amid COVID-19. What kind of factors would make you revisit the economic target for the Philippines now at 6.4% for the full year of 2020? I think, I mean, the, the parts are going to be looking at, again, you know, the, the domestic tourism sector, uh, the reliance on, on, on Chinese tourism parts of, of the sector. Uh, at the same time, you know, export forecasts. I think perhaps the original forecast was maybe too optimistic when it comes to uh, growth in, in export volume. So those are probably the areas that are going to have to be revisiting, but you know, we don't think there's any, any reason to be any less optimistic on the domestic economy, on the fiscal story uh, that continues to be a bright spot. Manila's main gateway begins implementing travel restrictions on Filipino tourists going to South Korea. This two days after the Philippine Interagency Task Force and Emerging Infectious Diseases ordered the ban as COVID-19 cases in South Korea topped 2,000. Philippine Airlines and Cebu Pacific have heeded the government's call despite not yet receiving a copy of the memo. But the local airlines assure travelers they may request to rebook, reroute or refund their tickets. Meanwhile, travel restrictions against Japan now being studied as well. Any recommendation or proposal to include Japan 
uh, for a possible selective or absolute ban is uh, up for the task force to consider. Uh, pending, of course, the submission by DOH of the uh, risk assessment. Health Secretary Francisco Duque adds his agency continues to monitor all Filipinos repatriated from virus-hit cruise ship in Japan. The New Clark City Operations Center reported that three male repatriates from the MV Diamond Princess cruise ship quarantined at the New Clark City NCC showed signs and symptoms of respiratory illness on February 26. These repatriates are now categorized as patients under investigation and have been transferred to a referral hospital for isolation and appropriate medical management. Samples from two more repatriates with symptoms have been sent to the Research Institute for Tropical Medicine for testing. The total number of patients under investigation in the Philippines is now down to 30. Small businesses in the Philippines urged to find ways on how to cope with challenges brought about by the scare over the coronavirus disease. But as Bruce Rodriguez tells us, big businesses and government are also banding together to fight the negative economic impact of the disease. Marita has been widowed for over five years. That's why she's been working doubly hard for her two young children. Aside from a printing shop, she's also started selling homemade bottled sardines. But amid the scare over the novel coronavirus disease or COVID-19, Marita says her business suffered a drop in sales. Dahil nga sa mga nangyayari sa bansa natin, sa business, and then sa, sa surroundings, sa health concern, medyo lalo lahat, pati mga bumibili. That's why she made sure to find the time to attend this event, organized by local entrepreneurship advocacy group Go Negosyo, to learn ways on how to further expand her small business. Bing Limhoko, chairwoman of the Philippine Chamber of Commerce and Industry, was Marita's mentor for the day. Aside from helping small businessmen, Limhoko says several programs are also lined up by the private sector and government to reinvigorate the country's sagging consumer environment amid the scare over COVID-19. This includes holding a so-called shopping festival in the whole month of March, wherein several retail goods as well as hotel and travel rates are lower by 30 to 70 percent. That's what the government is trying to do now with the OT spearheading it and the private sector yeah, making sure that we really invite them to go out. Another mentor at the event is Olivia Limpeau, the head honcho at the country's oldest distillery, Destilleria Limtoaco. She says while COVID-19 has made the economic landscape more challenging, local businessmen can still find opportunities. For instance, if importation is delayed, it's good for local manufacturers, right? But, uh, you know, we have to see where the opportunities are. And for Joey Concepcion, founder of Go Negosyo, the Philippines has done well in containing the disease. We're handling the situation pretty well. Malls are affected, so retail stores are affected, but we have life has to go on. I mean, just to give you an idea, our sales in supermarkets and sari-sari stores are still very good. Limhoko shares local retailers have reported an up to 50% drop in sales in the first few months of 2020 because of COVID-19. Bruce Rodriguez, ABS-CBN News.
The fight to become Iloilo's sole electricity distributor continues after a local court orders Banai Electric Company to turn over its assets to rival for more electric company. More in this report. An Iloilo local court executed a writ of possession against the assets of the Panay Electric Company or PECO in favor of Moore Electric Corporation, which was granted a 25-year franchise to distribute electricity in Iloilo City. But PECO administrative manager Marcelo Caccio refused to receive the order after meeting the authorities near the gate. We will not accept uh, nor receive that, so sorry. Okay. You can mail the copy or you can have it uh, registered, in, but I'm not even qualified to receive it. So, okay, we have no authorized personnel to receive it. Authorities still proceeded to enter the main building, but the sheriff and police were not allowed entry. Court Sheriff Antonio Oscar says the door was padlocked and all they wanted was to talk peacefully with PECO executives. Consumers were also affected by the commotion. Tinakabayad na kami, nakabayad na ko, nagpasirox lang ko kay para makuha kong sinawid ko. Hindi na sila pasulod. This consumer complains he was not allowed to enter after he already photocopied receipts needed for his transaction. Since executives of PECO refused to talk with the authorities, the order and addendum were placed on the wall. Aside from the main PECO property, five other substations are part of the writ of possession with a total assessed value of 217 million pesos. Attorney Hector Teodosio, the counsel for the More Power, says they successfully seized control of PECO assets and his client is more than ready for the takeover. More has now signed the delivery receipt. In a matter of time, we will construct a fence here, uh, separating in our office, main building, ang PECO, but PECO's lawyer, Estrella Elamparo, refutes this, saying the assets remain in the possession of her client, adding they have filed an urgent motion for clarification. Right now, um, PECO is definitely still in possession and control of the facilities. Um, we, have advised, uh, we have advised our client that there are still the legal remedies that the court, that even the RDC Iloilo cannot preempt. Uh, therefore, hindi dapat ipilit yung immediate takeover ngayon, most especially since we have a pending application for TRO with the Court of Appeal. Apart from the writ of possession, there is also an expropriation case against PECO, while the legality of the franchise granted to more is also being heard by a Mandaluyong court. ABS-CBN Corporation's sister company, First Philippine Holdings, is a minority shareholder of PECO. The Philippine Anti-Red Tape Authority, along with other concerned agencies, launched a new program that seeks to simplify the process of starting a business in the country. But as Juan de Guzman tells us, ARTA Director General Jeremiah Belhica said there is still much work to be done. The Anti-Red Tape Authority, together with the Department of Information and Communications Technology, launched the National Business One-Stop Shop, or NBOSS, Friday, a physical location wherein an entrepreneur can register and apply for licenses and permits with the Securities and Exchange Commission, the Department of Trade and Industry, the Bureau of Internal Revenue, the Social Security System, PhilHealth, and Pagibig, all at the same time. 
Through data sharing and streamlined queuing and payment, these NBOSS sites will cut the process of starting a business in the Philippines from 13 steps in 33 days to 9 steps in 7 and a half days. Information and Communications Technology Secretary Gringo Nasan says these streamlined government transactions would put the onus on entrepreneurs to prove they are trustworthy and eliminate any opportunity for the corrupt practice of paying for permits and licenses. We trust you until proven otherwise. Ang laking bagay nito sa pagbabawas ng bila. A shorter, streamlined process will lessen the chances of dishonest practices. The DICT is also working on the Central Business Portal, the online platform which will complement NBOSS and achieve the goal of allowing all private sector transactions with government to be done on mobile phones. The first phase of CBP was launched in October 2019, but it has not yet been formally launched. Trade Secretary Ramon Lopez says it is close. So DTI, we've also started our own uh, small digitalization Kasi po, yung business name registration, we were able to put it online as well, up to the payment. And we are able to do it now in eight minutes. We're even talking of less than one hour or less than 30 minutes no? in, in this starting a business. And uh, we're all very passionate and excited. Ang nakikita ko po dito, we're getting near that, uh, that less than, maybe less than one hour na online application. Jeremiah Bellica, Director General of ARTA, says the work is moving forward and he is very hopeful it will result in real change. However, ARTA needs the help of all agencies and government offices. This includes the streamlining and automation of each of their own processes and transactions. You cannot interconnect a system that is not streamlined. You know, you put all of those unnecessary requirements and necessary procedures and then you automate it. What's going to happen? It might crash. Bellic adds this is only addressing starting a business. There are other permits and licenses which need to go through multiple agencies and tens, even hundreds of signatories, which need to be streamlined. And this would require the aid of the Interior and Local Government Department. Kada LGU ay meron silang creative way of coming up with a system and requirements. That's the reason why Administrative Order Number 23 issued by the President, signed uh, February 21, and uh, issued yesterday, is very, very critical. Administrative Order 23, signed by President Rodrigo Duterte, enjoins all of government to comply with the anti-red tape laws and hasten their own reforms to eliminate overregulation and make it easier for the private sector to work with government in obtaining permits, approvals, and other documents or face administrative cases. Warren de Guzman, ABS-CBN News. And that's it for today. This is the podcast edition of Business Nightly. You can watch highlights, recaps, and exclusive content of our shows online. Subscribe to the ANT YouTube channel, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter. Thank you for joining us.